welcome to a special edition of Between the Headphones, Behind Enemy Bylines, the preseason preview podcast. I'm Owen Wharton, your host for this podcast miniseries, where I'll talk with several student journalists from a few of Georgia's opponents for the 2023 season. Next up is Andrew Wilt from Vanderbilt, Georgia's seventh opponent of the season. All righty, and we're back with another episode of the Preseason Preview Podcast. Today, we've got a familiar opponent hailing from the land of Nashville, Tennessee. Andrew, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yeah, I'm Andrew. I'm a senior sports editor for the Vanderbilt Hustler. Vanderbilt Hustler is the oldest sports newspaper in Nashville. Really excited to just get going, get the school year started. We have our first game against Hawaii next Saturday on the 20. The 26th, that's going to be a great matchup. We ended up scoring 63 points last year. But aside from me, I hail from New Jersey, North Jersey. Always been a New York sports fan. Um, Really excited for the school year to start. Some people might ask what what drew me to the South. I really, really love the city of Nashville and what Vanderbilt has to offer. Specifically, their unmatched academics and being in the city of Nashville. And then also having the opportunity to compete in the SEC. And why not be a part of that community? And I was talking about this with Paul Feinbaum last last week. I never really had a college football team or any college sport team. But I was like, what better wagon to hop onto than the Vanderbilt Commodores? So really excited for the year. Love it. And um, yeah, I'll kick it back to you. Absolutely. No, that's great. And speaking from a, a New York sports fan myself, um, absolutely love it. And, and, and absolutely great to have you uh, in the South as well. It's good. It's good to have more of us down here. You know, we need we need to diversify the area. But let's go ahead and hop right into Vanderbilt's season last year. There were definitely some lows, but there were definitely some highs, including that Hawaii game and a couple other things. But I'll let you get right into it. What were some? What was the season like for Vanderbilt last year? What were some of the ups, some of the downs that they went through? I think there's a there's a growing pain that comes with a new coaching system. First off, there's always a culture shock. Derek Mason was great for the Vanderbilt Commodores, but his his era kind of weaned out by the end of 2020, and then 2021 Clark Lee comes and. Everyone's getting used to it. It's not his recruits. And then in 2022, you kind of got that bridge where Vanderbilt was pretty used to what they were in the sense of kind of disappointing, never really able to finish out games. You saw the Missouri game where Vanderbilt was so close to go over the hump. They were down 20 to 17. They weren't able to convert on that first down with about a minute left in the game on Missouri's 50-yard line. So those type of moments really helped Vanderbilt build a sense of confidence and camaraderie for upset wins against Florida at Kentucky. They were 24 at the time. And remember, Kentucky had Will Levis. Florida had a first rounder in Anthony Richardson. And these are very tangible wins. And Vanderbilt was 5-7 and seven last season. They weren't able to make a bowl game, but there's so many good building blocks for this season. And it's going to be really exciting to see how they fare out, specifically in the non-conference game. I'd say that they'll probably get three wins. So the so they start with Hawaii, and then there's Alabama A&M. Those are two probably wins. And then in Wake, remember, there's no Sam Hartman, so that'll be fun. And then they play UNLV. So so I, I predicted three and one there. And then if you get three games in the conference play, you know, Auburn, Auburn is a struggling team where Vanderbilt can maybe not win. Look at South Carolina. I know they have Rattler, but you never know what can happen there. Missouri, you never know. And, you know, there could always be um, an upset game, kind of like a Florida or Kentucky last season. But a lot of great excitement, especially with the Vanderbilt Commodores and what's going on in West End, which is the main street that Vanderbilt is on. There's construction on both end zones 
$300 million initiative called Van United. So there's so much excitement. I know I, I talk really quickly, but maybe the results weren't there two years ago to a year and a half ago, but you look at last year, two really big wins can really help you in the future. Oh, absolutely. Just like how much the construction, you know, that, that the city of Nashville is under, it feels like Vanderbilt is in a similar place. And I know Clark Lee kind of touched on that and how the team is building. And you, and again, you'd mentioned those building blocks of, of those two wins. So I'm really excited to see where this team can go. And I remember just how excited everybody was when Vandy got those wins over Kentucky and Florida. That was just a fun moment. I think for, for, for just college football fans in general, it was like, look, let's go. That was such a fun, it was, they were fun wins. They were really fun wins. And, and you think about what Clark said on SEC Media Day this year. He said Vanderbilt's one of one, kind of like I was saying, they unmatched, They offer something unmatched unlike anyone else. But they also are a team that isn't about one and done. They're not about two and done. It's about a development program where, where players are, are here for four to five years. And, and the reason being that is you want a culture where you're really like, where this becomes home and this becomes a place where you're nurtured in an unmatched way. Oh, absolutely. And, and, Obviously, yeah, it, Vanderbilt is a team that keeps their guys. You know, they're, they're, they've got a strong retention, and we'll get to a lot of those guys they retained. But before we get to them, I wanted to ask, who were some of the, com- some of the key players that, that did end up leaving, whether it's via the transfer portal, whether it's via the draft? Who are a couple of those key players on last year's team that did depart? So I think about the secondary a lot. Jeremy Lucien, he, he got picked up by the Ravens in undrafted free agency. You also look at... Elijah McAllister, he went to Auburn. He was a linebacker. He was really good on special teams. He was a Jersey guy. He was a captain. He was he was just a locker room guy, so you lose that. You also lose Anthony Orgy, who was, this, who was the second best linebacker in preseason for all of week one of preseason. He's on the Saints. He was a great player. I, I would have predicted him to be a day three guy in the draft. Never got drafted. Didn't get his name called. So those are three guys I really think of. And then on the offensive front, I think about Mike Wright, who was kind of the 1B quarterback. So it started as Mike Wright at the beginning of the year. And then after a bad game against Wake Forest, A.J. Swan got the nod. Then A.J. Swan got injured and Mike Wright finished out the year. He's at, he's the backup for, for Rodgers at Mississippi State now. And then I also think about Ray Davis. Ray Davis was Vanderbilt's leading rusher last year. He's with the Kentucky Wildcats. He's going to be doing great things for them. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see what Ray Davis can do for Kentucky. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun player to watch. Um, and But, like, I, I really do have a lot of love for A.J. Swan. I think he's a really fun player. Um, and, and we'll definitely get to him before. But I also want to mention just I've got a lot of love for Anthony Orgy, too. The fact that he didn't get drafted, despite how athletic he is, was pretty surprising to me. As biased as I have to Vanderbilt, when you, when you have Vanderbilt in your resume, maybe not like um... – Michigan or an Ohio State it just kind of maybe affected their draft stock just because the results haven't been quite what they were but you know it'd be a really interesting case study like why didn't Orgy get drafted because he's going to be making that Saints 53-man roster and they got a steal in the undrafted free agency market I completely agree I completely agree but again I got a lot of love for AJ Swan and he returns for another season he's Clark Lee's key recruit he was a four-star out of Georgia He's going to be Vanderbilt's guy for the next few years, and he's just had an excellent camp. And you think about the guys on the perimeter for Vanderbilt. Will Shepard stays. He was our leading receiver. Quincy Skinner is really solid. And then Jade McGowan, who's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, can do everything really fast in the backfield. And you see the, that triple threat from the receivers. They can really help out 
Swan and, and elevate him to, to what he can be as, as one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Yeah, and go and go ahead and talk about a few more of those receivers and those returning threats and, and even some of those returning threats on the defense as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I just said about McGowan, he brings a, an unmatched energy to the, to the field. I also think about true freshman Cedric Alexander. He's supposed to be great. He had a great camp. He's going to be the, the star running back. What Vanderbilt did lose was uh, everyone across the field offensively is better. Tight end, they lose Ben Bresnahan. He was an undrafted free agent in the NFL as well. That's a big loss. And then, like always with Vanderbilt, if they have a solid offensive line, that will really help them. And then on the defensive end, Miles Capers, Miles Cecil, that's a, that, those are really good players. And then you also think of C.J. Taylor. Taylor, I don't know if you remember the play, Taylor and Orgy combined for a play in Missouri where they strip-sacked the quarterback and it was on number one of, of a sports center top 10. He's a great player. I also think about Jalen Mahoney. And all these guys are, are, are key veterans that are needed in a culture rebuild. Like I said, I, when I think about Vanderbilt, it's a, it's a competitive rebuild. The first two years were just developing. And now this will really see it as Clark Lee's culture did, resulted into wins. And I predict a great season. I predict a bowl game appearance, actually. And the reason I say that is I, I predict a, a really good conference play. And then also the veterans can really help out in bringing and fostering a great environment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting keeping Jalen Mahoney at, at that safety spot is such a fun player, and getting him for that fifth season is, is so great because he really is just a great leader for that defense. And, a re- and again, you kind of mentioned it, Vanderbilt can kind of go under the radar sometimes, but that's a guy that I think is a really underrated, really strong leader in the secondary. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do for a team that's that's coming up and, and, and getting even better and, even pairing him alongside newcomers like a uh, uh, like DeCosmo that's that's now on the team, uh, and you already mentioned a newcomer in in Cedric Alexander, uh, a new freshman. He's a little bit smaller, you know, a bit of a smaller running back, which is, is sometimes that's kind of what some of Vanderbilt's best players are. But he's fun. He's he's kind of electric. He's he's one of those three stars that I think kind of went under the radar and is really starting to show himself now that he's getting time and 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 really getting carries at Vanderbilt so I'm excited to see what he can do for this season definitely yeah absolutely um now before we move on uh to um kind of the spring season and what was going on there I did kind of want to ask I mean you kind of talked about Clark Lee a little bit what's his coaching staff looking like were there any changes made during the offseason that were notable or anything like that no offensive coordinator Joey Lynch remains a lot of people thought the offense didn't have much fruit and power to it at the beginning of the season but then the wins ended up resulting and then Nick Howell comes into his second year as the defensive coordinator and as you guys know, when the coordinators stay, the, the specific assistant coaches usually stay because it's all part of one tree. Nick Howell was supposed to bring a lot of energy. Vanderbilt had the worst rush defense in the SEC last season, but I predict a better statistic because just better coaching and people understanding the scheme better. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and keeping guys around and, and keeping your quarterback, again, like A.J. AJ Swan going into his second year is, is just so much fun. And, and, and I really liked what he what he did a lot last year. So that, I think it's going to be fun to see what those coordinators can really bring out of this defense with another year on the staff. But now kind of going into the spring season, you know, spring training and, and spring practice a little bit, you know, from the outside kind of looking in, who, who which names were you really hearing during that process that were really standing out, that were that were really kind of playing well and putting themselves in a strong position to make an impact, possibly once we, now that we're getting into uh, the fall. 
Yeah, I actually wasn't here in the spring. I was studying in Madrid, Spain. I had a great experience, but from what Twitter said and from what insiders told me, Cedric Alexander really showed that he, he might be a freshman, but not on paper. On paper, he might be a freshman, but not the way he plays. Also, AJ Swan, kind of like in the NFL, when you have that freshman season, how can you make that sophomore season so much tangibly better? Because now you're, you're, you, you feel accustomed and acclimated into the community and the school. And I really see Swan bringing up his performance. Punter Matthew Hayball has always been really solid. He comes from Australia. And you know Vanderbilt, sometimes their offense isn't as, as powerful as it needs to be. But when you can pin those players in, in, in opponents in their own territory, having a great punter is really important. And then Miles Cecil is, is, is another name to watch out for. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and and again, a lot of names there and I think a lot of fun names that are gonna be pretty impactful for this season. And but obviously again, you weren't you weren't here directly, but from what you were kind of seeing, hearing, you know, different highlights that were popping up and stuff like that, when when you get to the spring game itself, I mean, who really stood out? You know, which which guys maybe kind of helped solve some of the position battles that were kind of going into that game? Jaden McGowan just showed that he can be that guy. He's really undersized, and he was a freshman last season. He put on some weight, but he still didn't lose that Tyreek Hill speed and, and that type of factor. And then Jalen Mahoney really is being that commander on the defense, and C.J. Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited the fact that McGowan and, and uh, A.J. Swan are going to be together, you know, for – like they come in together and they get to play together. I mean, that's just a fun pair to kind of watch as, as they progress. And I think I think between those two, they I think they've got a little bit of static, a little bit of electricity starting to kind of brew. And I'm excited to see I'm excited to see where that goes going forward. But you know, we talked a lot about the spring season. We talked a lot about the off season, and and you kind of touched on the schedule. You kind of you kind of broke it down a little bit. But let's go even even deeper. You touched on the first four games. You touched on having to play Wake Forest. You know. But let's look at that SEC schedule. Who's Vanderbilt playing? Who are their tough matchups? And, and where do you kind of see that schedule looking going into the season? I'm talking to the sports editor for one of the schools right now. George is never fun. Um, let's just, my goal as a Vanderbilt student this year is that when the spread ends up being 30 to 40 points, that Vanderbilt covers that. And it's just a different animal. Like a lot of the guys at Georgia go to Georgia to play football. It's just it's it's a different offering. It's a different it's a different beast. But I do think Vanderbilt has a better ability to compete. Think about last year when they lost to Alabama forty one to three. It's just getting those experiences and those humbling experiences that I think will really help. I also think going to to Knoxville in late November for that rivalry week is not a fun matchup. But again, maybe Vanderbilt's fighting for a bowl. Maybe Vanderbilt has five wins at that time, and they're fighting for a bowl appearance. And maybe Tennessee has no losses, and they already clinched in the playoff in a the in a theoretical world. Maybe Vanderbilt has a great opportunity to win there. So I'm not going to rule that game out as a loss either. So so those are the two matchups I really think are hard. And I think playing Ole Miss this year can be a good win. I said Missouri has an opportunity. South Carolina, I do think Vanderbilt is lucky in the sense that they are in the easier division of the SEC. Georgia understands it, but it's still very hard. It's still, Vanderbilt still struggles to get every win in there, but I do think there will be some opportunities to get two or three wins in the SEC and punch them into a, a ball appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really think that Vanderbilt is going to have a better shot at things like, I mean, 
again, Vanderbilt fans know, I mean, the past two seasons, they haven't been able to score on Georgia's defense just yet. But I really think, you know, with a healthy swan, with with the wide receivers coming together, with another year in the offense and stuff like that, I think, yeah, being at home, being in your home stadium and stuff like that, there's a lot of more factors that I think Vanderbilt could definitely have a chance to cover the spread and at bare minimum finally, like, get some offensive production. I think it's so hard when you ask me this now because if you were to – I'll give you an example – if you were, if I were to ask you two months ago, what would you think on the state of sports and streaming? You'd have a different answer than you have right now. The world is constantly evolving. So when you think about sports, three months is like three years. So when I think about Vanderbilt's matchup with Georgia, I really don't, it's so hard to predict. What if Vanderbilt's undefeated? What if Vanderbilt hadn't won a game? You know, we, we don't know. But my guess now, all, all things being equal, Vanderbilt ends up maybe having three to four wins at that time, fighting to, to just stay alive for the, those bowl appearance. But, it, but it's going to be really hard to predict. That, that's why I say that. And, and I, think, I think Vanderbilt's going to be in a position to fight for a bowl. And, and I know they haven't been in recently, but it, it does seem like everything's kind of coming up bandy recently. And, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to make any bold predictions as to say that they're going to go you know, on a, on a crazy deep run or they're going to go 10 wins or anything. But I do think that they're finally going to put themselves in a position to make a bowl, which is something that they've been struggling to do for the past few years. Absolutely. And I did drop a subtle hint of, of, a, of a bold prediction. And, and again, I think we, we were both kind of on the same take that I think Vanderbilt could definitely put themselves in a place for a bowl. I think, that, that, I think that's definitely a reasonable take. But I wanted to ask you, for Vanderbilt football, if you had to give me a bold take, maybe your boldest take that you've got. AJ Swan will be first team all SEC. That's pretty bold. Some good quarterbacks in our conference, but he is a star and he's the, the commander of the offense. And two, Vanderbilt's rush defense is top 10 of the SEC. Which is both for Vanderbilt because they've been the bottom two for the past two years. So I'm saying not 14, not 13, not 12 or 11. I'm saying top 10. Those are my two bold goals. Those are definitely bold. I mean, AJ Swan, I mean, yeah, you gotta be, you've got to be the top of the top of SEC. And, I mean, you've got so many really talented players. Look at the kid in LSU. Look at the kid. Uh, look at Rattler. Look at all, look at all everyone. I, I think about when you think about your team. I mean, I don't think a new quarterback makes a difference, honestly. You guys will still be just as good. It's all about the system. I'm sure you talk about that, and every, everyone who's listening understands that from, from the past two to three years. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I said on Feinbaum, is there's a lot of questions around, around the quarterback position itself, and ultimately, all three of them, I think, are pretty good. I think all three of them are, are capable of winning a lot of games for this football team. But I don't know if necessarily one of them is special, has that kind of electricity of that stuff that really makes someone stand out. I think Swan has that. I think Swan has the ability to really be an incredible player. And again, this is no shot against the, any of the Georgia players. They're going to run. If any of them go in there, they're going to run the offense. They're going to make some really fun plays. They're going to make some good throws. And they're going to be talented quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. But if there's anybody that's going to absolutely light it up and really make an offense shine i think aj swan's got that shot so i really like that bold prediction oh absolutely he's gonna be a fun player to watch but 
Obviously, we went bold. You had two bold takes for me, and I love it. Now that we went bold, I think we can, you know, reason it back down. You know, bring, bring us back down to earth to kind of round out this podcast, round out this interview. So let's kind of let's kind of get to some season expectations. You know, you've kind of been dancing around it. So we'll, let's go far extreme and low extreme. Give me your ceiling, give me your floor, and then right in the middle. What do you think is going to be the expectation? What do you think is truly going to be Vanderbilt's record this season? So ceiling is eight wins. So the reason I say that is we won't, we can't have as confident and optimistic as I am. You can't really have less than four losses because Georgia and Tennessee and then the two other the conference games will probably be losses. So that's my ceiling. And if you get eight, if you're eight and four, you got a, you got like a pinstripe bowl. You got a solid bowl. It's not like a fiesta bowl, but it's decent. It's an average bowl. My my floor is is three wins because we're definitely gonna win, beat Hawaii and Alabama A and M. But three wins assumes that there's three non conference wins, and then there's no conference wins. Remember, Vanderbilt had no wins period in 2020 because there was no non conference slate. So that's my ceiling. I mean, that's my floor. And in the case that happens, there'd be a lot of injuries, but. I, my prediction is is a six and six record where Vanderbilt get gets a bowl game. Yeah, I I can absolutely see that, and and that's honestly my also expectation. I think they're gonna make it. I really do think they're gonna make a bowl game, and 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 eight wins would be awesome. Again, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be dominant or anything. I, like I I think it's I think it's still pretty early for Vandy, but I'm really excited about this team and the direction they're going, and I'm really excited to see. This team come together, especially behind the leadership of AJ Swan and all. The and it's gonna be exciting when when me and you talk as as, as that matchup gets closer, the Georgia Vandy game, and I'll just have a better understanding on how this how the season's gonna end out because, you know, in mid August everyone's oh no anything can happen. Absolutely, and 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 you said it yourself. College football is such a, a fickle game. You know, uh, you you go into early in the season. I mean, you look at like. I mean, like FSU and LSU, and, and, and they're losing games early. And then you look at the end of the season, and these two are some of the top teams in college football. And, and they're, they're both, what, top 10 based off the AP poll? So, you know, I mean, that's why that, – I mean, it, it's, it's a saying as, as old as time, but the, you got to play the games. You know, you can speculate as much on paper, but – and I mean, hey, that's what we do during the offseason is we speculate. It's kind of our jobs. But, you know, when we get into the game, when we get, when we get into the season, we can really see how these teams are looking. And I cannot wait to talk again. Thank you so much, and it's always a pleasure to, to talk. You know, we were just talking off air. It's it's great to have a rapport amongst different sports editors and people. For people listening, it's really great to, to support student journalists and people that are trying to tap into the industry. So just thank you for your time and listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. And and before I let you go, I also wanted to give you a chance to, you know, shout shout a few of things out real quick and, and tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Andrew underscore Wilf. That's W-I-L-F. I'm also connected with the Vanderbilt Hustler. That's Vanderbilt Student Newspaper. We have a podcast called Live from West End. Also have a TV show called View Sports Wired and a post-game show called Anchor Analysis. So we got a lot going on aside from just storytelling and really excited for you guys to tune in. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.